Psychologically talk. I'm talking about ethics. You you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it. You want to sell it well. The same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter's. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel. And I'm Amanda. And you're listening to Scenes from a Marriage, a movie podcast in which I, as a man, go to town to convince you, a woman, to marry me. Then I bring you back to my farm in the mountains where you develop Stockholm Syndrome and agree to keep house for me and my my six six brothers. Does this this sound right? The way I see it, this is about the fact that you have fewer social graces than Wilbur the pig and are incapable of behaving in a civilized manner without the domesticating touch of a woman. So what you're saying is it's a match made in heaven. Only if an avalanche is an act of God. It is. Normally, yes, but it sounds like you're describing the plot of the movie Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And in that movie, the men deliberately cause the avalanche. So it is, in fact, an act of men. I don't remember that part. I don't think that happened. They did. Are you trying to gaslight me into thinking it didn't happen? No, that would be emotional manipulation, which is something that has no place in a healthy marriage. Right. A healthy marriage begins with a kidnapping followed by a shotgun wedding. Now you're getting it. So we are talking about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, the 1954 musical directed by Stanley Donnan uh, of Singing in the Rain fame. Uh, Amanda, you're not crazy. That is the movie for this week. Seven times more exciting in the widescreen wonder of 70 millimeter projection. Seven times more musical with seven great songs in full channel stereophonic sound. Let your beautiful hide prepare to bend your knee and take that bow because I'm a telling you now you're the gal for me. Sobbing, 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 fit to be tied. 
every muscle was throbbing, throbbing from that riotous ride. Sin, they cried and kissed and kissed and cried all over that Roman countryside. So don't forget that when you're taking a ride. Now, sneakily, this is a companion episode for our, quote, recent, unquote, discussion of The Music Man. Amanda, what's the relationship between these two musicals? Um, so the relationship is that we were both in these musicals as children. Well, I was a child in The Music Man. I was in fifth grade, and you were in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That's right. Technically, I was an adult at that time. You were although an adult, yes. Perhaps not functioning in society, but... And I, I think I only knew this um, after uh, Daniel was breakdancing at one of our friend's weddings, and he said he learned that from this play. Is that how we got around to this? I feel like it, because I was like, how did you learn how to breakdance? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is the one thing. Well, that is one of the things I remember from being in that production, a fond memory from my time at Liberty University. <laughs> Liberty, that's right. You are in college. Yeah, I was. And I, I was. this is the second of two musicals, actually, that I had the chance to be in. The first was Crazy For You, the Gershwin musical. And then, uh, and that was in the chorus for that. And then for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, I played one of the the suitors the in the movie they're the the like the boyfriends of the brides who then kind of get upstaged at that barn dance by the brothers from up in the mountains the brothers in their colorful shirts so what did you think about the movie did you watch it before you were in the play or did you just learn about it through the play and then watch it afterwards i guess that's a good place to start i actually did see this movie for the first time while I was a part of that production, there was a time when the cast got together in the green room and watched it. I had never heard of it before, before they put it on and before I auditioned for it. And so I actually started learning the, you know, all the songs and everything. I can't even remember if we, if it, we had begun performances already by the time we watched it. But nevertheless, it was during the run of that show that I saw it for the first time. So what did you think about it? And like, what what were everybody's reactions, if you remember? I don't remember everybody else's. And I'm sure some people were seeing it for the first time and other people probably had grown up with it or were very familiar with it. I didn't love it. You didn't? No. I don't know if the circumstances had anything to do with that, but uh, my... Because you were at Liberty and that's what they believed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Is that women's studies class. What did you call? What did you guys call it? Oh, actually, facts. Um, FACS, I believe it was family and. Uh, oh gosh, I want to say, I think that's right. Family and something. Uh, I'm missing this. Child Consumer rearing. sciences. Just that doesn't kidding. make sense. I'll no, look that did, up. Didn't you say something like the girls were in the class and they were? It was there's a certain class, but you guys had a nickname for it. Had a funny name. Man, you're you you know more than I do. Yeah, family and consumer sciences was the the major that we FACS we call it facts for short. And if you were a facts major, it was like that was those were the people that were going for their MRS degree. That's what it was. MRS. <laughs> that's what it was. Okay. Which that's not. I don't believe a unique term to liberty. I think that's. I think you know. There's people that go to college. Well, that was to, the, that was the first I've heard to of get it. hitched. Uh, yeah. And you certainly didn't. <laughs> No, I, I didn't. Uh, it wouldn't have worked out for me either way. Thankfully. But 
Yeah. No, I, well, so yeah, at the time I wasn't, uh, I wasn't big on it. And so it's taken me all these years to see it again. Now, had you seen the movie before? I feel like I've only seen it. Well, I hadn't seen the whole thing. I remember being in one of my patient's rooms, seeing the movie on like, I don't know, some channel where they play old movies. But um, I, I saw the scene... Well, I, I guess I won't give any spoilers away, but I, I saw different scenes and I was like, this looks interesting. And I asked you about it and you're like, oh yeah, I was in it. Do you remember that? So that was pretty recently then. I mean, actually, it was probably a handful of months ago because I think it was when I first started. So it's been like maybe a little less than a year. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into what the movie is. So uh, again, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers the musical directed by Stanley Donnan and based on a book by Stephen Vincent Benet called The Sobbing Women in 1937, turned into the musical in 1954. And interestingly enough, this was a film before it was a stage play. It was then adapted to a stage play afterwards and new songs were added and some songs for the musical were dropped. Others were Like kept. what song that you found out of? Didn't you have a song? You know, so I do want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide when the best place is to do it. Let's let's get through the the opening. Okay. The, you know what? Fine, I'll talk about it. So because this relates to the fact that I was in the the production at Liberty, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I didn't know what was going to come out of that conversation, and I wasn't sure if you were going to ask me like <laughs> sing something or what I remembered. <laughs> do you want to? No, okay. but but here's the thing: if you had asked me. And at some point along the way in the last however many years, uh, I don't, I didn't remember a ton of the songs from this because unlike Crazier for You, I was not in the chorus. So I wasn't singing every song. It was just like the ones that... Um, you were I, dancing to. Right. And I really, and that was mostly a dance scene, mm-hmm. the barn dance where the suitors are. Yeah, they didn't are. have any singing so in it. Yeah. I was obviously there for rehearsal. And I heard all these songs over and over again. I heard them every time we did a performance, but... One of the first songs in the performance, and I think maybe the first song in the movie, is Bless Your Beautiful Hide. Mm-hmm. But uh, the song that I remembered the most, and the one that I could have sang the, the most lyrics to, was a song called Get a Wife. Now, we talked about gaslighting in the opening, mm-hmm. and I swear the entire universe is trying to gaslight me into believing <laughs> this song does not exist. If you search for it on the internet, you won't find it. If you Google it with quotations and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, if you look up the musical soundtrack, if you look up the cast recording for the stage show, you won't find this song. And the only way you found it was when I told you, ask your mom, because she's a mom and she would keep things from her children's childhood. I did a little digging. I started doing some <laughs> detective work on this, and I found that about five or six years ago, I had, had this same question had come up in my mind, and I had asked a former cast member of mine, uh, you know, a fellow student at Liberty that was in the play. Uh, I'd reached out to him on Facebook, and I said, "Hey, do you remember this song? Did we do this song?" And he was like, "Yeah, I totally remember it." And his take was that it was something that had been written for the musical, but then had been removed because perhaps it was a little too offensive. (laughs) (laughs) So do you remember the song now, Daniel? Would you like to give our audience a little taste of it? 
I really don't, but it, I guess it wouldn't be a scenes from a marriage if one of us didn't sing. That's true. Um, it had lyrics that went something like, get a wife to do the cooking, get a wife to sweep the floors, get a wife, we'll keep that woman busy doing chores. And it went on and on like this. And it was basically <laughs> about the idea of the Ponopies early in the movie, you know, needing Adam to go and get himself married so that there was somebody to have. Yeah. And so that it really, and, and again, I, I could have sworn it just doesn't exist. But then, as you said, I did reach out to my mom and I said, <laughs> do you have by any chance, a program from when we performed this. And she did. She got back to me. She was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll have to get to this later. She got back to me like an hour or something and had the... (laughs) So impressive. Yeah, it was amazing. So mom, if you're listening to this, thanks very much. We're recording this on Mother's Day, by the way. (laughs) Oh yeah, we are. Happy Mother's Day. Just another shout to... To all you mothers. Who are much better at scrapbooking and things that I am. Oh, we should also... The keeping of memoirs. We should also dedicate this um, this podcast or this... um, Episode? Episode. (laughs) Why am I... To Caroline and Scott, because this is one of their favorite movies, and also because Scott has... How many brothers? Well, more than than seven. Yeah. But anyway, I was thinking about him and his brothers during this movie, and I was like, that's silly. Shame we couldn't have got them on to do a... A couple double. Ah, one of these days we're going to do one of those. One of these days. But mm-hmm. yeah, so mom found it. And and so on the program, it was a, it was like a split title. It was Get a Wife, Dash, or Bless Your Beautiful Hide. So uh, that's, the, that's the evidence in print that we did that song. Okay, so you were not gaslit. Is that gaslit? I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that song was out there. If any of you are familiar with this, if you have any insider information, please, please email us or DM us because <laughs> I, I would love, love to get to the bottom of what exactly happened with this song. Because mm-hmm. clearly, again, somebody wrote it and it disappeared. But offensive, apparently. And it, which, <laughs> <laughs> but the whole yeah, because the whole the whole thing kind of isn't even. Bless your beautiful hide has that line. So funny, though. You know what is it? Heavenly eyes, but oh, that size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly politically correct. So let's talk about the film starring Howard Keel as Adam Ponope, Jane Powell as Millie Ponope, and then of course all the all the brothers and the brides, uh, big big cast largely of dancers. So Amanda, we've already talked about this a little bit, but if you could just please explain to our listeners the the story, give the outline of what happens. Do you want me to explain the plot? Is that what you're asking? Ta-da, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So this movie is about a man and his brothers going into town there. So they're uh, living kind of, I guess in the middle of nowhere, they're out on a farm far away. So they have to trek to town. It takes them a long time to get there. And um, he told his brothers that he was going to get a wife. And so basically this movie is about him doing that. And then all the brothers wanting a wife as well. And all the antics they go through to get a wife. And, then once <laughs> I like how we're really hammering on that nomenclature get a wife. We're get gonna, a wife. Everyone's going to go get over remembering that. Yeah. <laughs> to find a lady. Um, but yeah, so basically that's what the movie's about and it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. So we, that was a quick explain the plot. That was very quick, but that's what it is. But at least you didn't, we didn't get into the spoilers for yeah. those of you who are really concerned about how this particular... Because <laughs> I'm sure everyone's going to watch this. Romantic comedy farce ends 
Well, it, I thought this movie was better than Say Anything that we watched the other night. Well, that was my next question. What did you, now that you've finally seen the whole thing, <laughs> what did you think of it? I liked it. I feel like, and I don't know if you, if you saw me on the couch, but I was, um, I feel like I was like laughing and smiling throughout mostly the whole thing. I just don't really like when, I think it was when, uh, what's her name? The main. Millie. Yeah, Millie was singing. I don't really like how they sing so high pitched. Like back in the day, like I think of Sound of Music, but I love Sound of Music, but it was just like ear piercing. I don't know. That, there definitely is that style. That style is not my favorite. So I liked when the guys were singing more and it, it, like they were, those songs were catchier than the ones that maybe she sang or maybe even the women. I can't remember what song they were singing, but I don't. Well, like June Bride, for example. Yeah. I don't think it really, I liked the dance scene with that, but the song I was like, meh. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it, I thought it was pretty funny and I really loved the dance scenes. So anything with a good song or dance scene will get me. That's something that I think is an issue with a lot of musicals like this. I would say in the Music Man too, to an extent, Mm -hmm. maybe even West Side Story, which we talked about recently, those, some of those songs that are like the romantic songs tend to be, they just don't have the energy. Yeah. And if they're not staged particularly interestingly, like this one with, I think her first song is Wonderful, it, Wonderful Day. Yeah, it's maybe. like her singing in the fields and I was just... She's just like on one side of this big log and then he's on the other side and yeah. it's, there's just not... Yeah. It, it wasn't cute. But I mean, this this movie had a lot, a lot more uh, dance scenes and songs that I liked, even versus West Side Story. I mean, I know you liked West Side Story, but... It just, I don't know. Can we also say, and this goes back to what I was saying about it being a movie first. Mm-hmm. This is like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And the the typical like Hollywood musical from this era that you think of is at least two hours, maybe like 2.20, 2.30. That's true because they usually have like intermissions, right? A lot of them, yeah. Yeah. So it's nice and trim. It's nice and brisk. There's <laughs> not a lot of fat on it. it's even more enjoyable. I think so. Get in, get out, tell the story, do the songs. Get in, get a wife, get out. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> go into town, propose, go back where you came from. The end. Right. What do you think of it now watching it this past time? Because you said initially you didn't really like it. But what do you think this time? Yeah, I'm still... Well, I guess we'll get to... So we're about to talk about our favorite songs and performances. And... Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what I liked. The... The the barn raising scene and the whole dance scene in town with the suitors, mm-hmm. if the whole movie was at that level, this would be a 10-10 musical. Well, yeah, of course. But because that's not that much energy. Well, I, right. But it, that's that's a really great sequence uh, because it is it's creative, it's energetic. Mm-hmm. You're you've got you're showcasing the talents of some really athletic performers, the the dancers and Rust Hamlin doing flips and everything yeah. like that. So that's that's just super, it's super well staged. It's incredibly just like a showcase for this talent. So that for me is like what I want out of a musical from, of this type. Is yeah. I want the athleticism. I want the physical performances. I want to pull out and see the choreography. Mm-hmm. And if you're, when you take the idea of like, oh, the barn raising, and then you just incorporate all of those elements, the tools and the, the, um, 
uh, like, like not a parallel bar, but you know, like the, the, the boards that were yeah, yeah, on incorpor- like the, um, what is it called? The horse. Yeah. You incorporate horses. the sawhorse, mm-hmm. you incorporate that into all the choreography and then you have something that's really unique and really stands out. So I thought that scene was amazing. Yeah. That was a really great scene. Uh, a lot of the rest of it, I still think there's, there's like maybe three good songs in the movie. Well, yeah, but honestly, I think for a lot of musicals, there's only like one or two like big hits. Big, I don't know. Am yeah, I wrong? Yeah, but what, I need, I need more. What other musical? I need more than okay, that. Okay, what musical can you name right now that would be that you liked better, that has better songs than dancing? Not West Side Story. No sound of music. Okay, well, but that's like, singing in the rain. Okay, well. hard not to compare that. I know because yeah. singing, because you're not, it's not fair, right? Because singing in the rain is one of the greatest, maybe the greatest American musical of all time. Yeah, but it, it's hard not to compare it because this is the same director. Now, granted, he was working with Gene Kelly, but two years ago, he, so two years ago, Stanley Don and, and Gene Kelly did Singing in the Rain, and then it was they two come, years. It two was years 1952. This, okay. And now they do. Then they do this, which again also had less of a budget. Um, Maybe and you they can were just see tired, that. and they just had to do. But like, but it's it's hard to. But I mean, okay. So the that song is good, or that excuse me, that scene is good. Going courting is a good song. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that song. Bless your beautiful hide. You sing that all the time and get it I, stuck in my head. Only since we just it, I it's <laughs> I can take it or leave it. Yeah. The other song that's kind of fun because it's a different vibe is Solid maybe lunch. Okay, so all right, Sabin <laughs> Williams is not bad. Yeah, but I don't know. It Sorry, just, so, you, somehow it just feels like it just you feels like you're gonna say a different one. I was gonna say Lonesome Polecat's not bad, but it's not. That's not the kind of thing that would get me out of my seat. Okay. I mean, and the when you're not when they're not dancing, I don't, the drama doesn't really work. Yeah, and we'll talk about the, more about that and why that is, but. I don't know. I can't, I just can't quite get excited about this. Yeah. And I think a musical for it to really work, for me to know that it really worked, I've got to leave with a huge smile on my face. Well, I, I think it was, I mean, it was different for me, I think, because I liked, well, and okay, I'll just, I'll say the performances and songs that I really liked as well. I mean, obviously the suitor scene, I like absolutely love that. I think I was laughing or smiling throughout the whole thing because I love seeing the flips and the dancing. And then I also loved, that they were all wearing different colored shirts. And, it, and it, did they match up with the women? Like their colors? Maybe not exactly, but like they were all wearing different colors too. No, but you, it was easy visual shorthand so you can tell yeah. who's who. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved that. And also, um, well, a lot of the songs that you liked, the sobbing women. I liked Bless Your Beautiful Hide just because it was funny in the beginning, but it was kind of slow. But anyway, um, and then also the... The scene with the axes in like the dead of winter. That's the lonesome polecat. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay. I thought that was a good kind of like contrast to like the fun dancing scene. Yeah. It's a bit of a reprieve from yeah. all of that. But I, I like, well, so for me to really like something, I like to see like the character development. And so also Prim is eating her food. It's probably, you can probably hear it on the mic. Yeah. So if you hear little treats falling down, that's her eating her food. Um, but I like the character development in this. I know that it wasn't great. Oh, and the Go and Courton, like they started off as animals and then 
Millie changed them into gentlemen. And I feel like it was kind of quick that she did that, but like not as quick as maybe some other movies. Sure. Don't you think? I don't know. Is that just me thinking that? No, I mean, I'm sure we've seen, I can't immediately point to one, but I'm sure we've seen some just like left turn character changes that don't make sense. Well, I thought I thought it was a good movie because I just like I liked that they changed into gentlemen and then the fact that they kept the women wait, do I need to give things I shouldn't give things away. Did they change into gentlemen given what happens in the second half of the film? Well they they didn't. Well they well they did. They cleaned up and they knew what they wanted. And then the That's women, but the women wanted them in the end, which I thought was hilarious at the end. Like that was such a good twist. If you're, if you're listening to this, oh, whatever. It was bound to happen. Um, but anyway, I, I liked it. I'm not going to defend it. I'll try not to defend it, but. You can defend it all you want. Yeah. This is a place for you to give your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually interested to hear your defense because I'm lukewarm on it. Well, I think I just haven't, I can't think of any other movie that was like it. That's like it, like that many brothers and like keeping the women there. And it was like lighthearted, but then it's like they kidnapped women. And it was funny how they did that and like all the different (laughs) brothers and how they did that. And it was just every scene was, it was just funny and unique to each brother. And I don't know, there, there, there are good little scenes there were some slow parts, but I think you're going to have that in any movie. So, And not as many slow parts as if it had been a much longer film. Right, right. Performance-wise, who's your MVP? Whoever did the best flips, whatever brother that was. <laughs> I did a little bit of reading on this. So Russ mm-hmm. Tamblin, who plays Gideon, the youngest brother. Oh, I was going to say Gideon. I really liked Gideon because he, well, I was going to say he was the one with the red hair. They all had red hair. that was stupid but yeah he he was fun did his own flips in that scene really apparently that was something that he was like known for and apparently they they specifically cast mostly professional dancers and singers rather than professional actors there were some actors and you know it's a it's a they didn't really have to act a lot i mean But no, I think that's, I think that's to their credit because again, in the film's best scene, which is the, the town scene and the Mm -hmm. barn raising that really comes alive. And that, that's what kind of makes that whole section is all the, is all of that. So the dancing and the fighting, the funny fighting was funny in the barn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it, it is, and I think this is what kind of makes it work tonally is that it is basically a cartoon on some level. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's a farcical concept and setup. And, you know, it's like hammers falling on people's heads. You can almost see the mm-hmm. little birds flying around after they get hit. Like it's just not it's not supposed to be it's not supposed to take place in the real world. Right, right. It's just a it's for your amusement. Mm-hmm. And it was amusing. Who is your MVP? Yeah, I enjoyed Gideon. I mean, he's the he's the standout brother other than Adam. Um and honestly, Adam didn't really have a huge part in the middle, right? I mean, because he like... Well, he does disappear. Yeah. For a while. So I was like, he's just like in the beginning, but... Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Jane Powell does a good job as Millie being mm-hmm. kind of 
both strong and composed and put out, but also eventually kind of, I think, finds her way to this version of home that she wanted, but didn't, didn't foresee the particularities of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, she works as the, the matriarch who kind of wrangles everyone else. You, you, you kind of believe that all the brothers take orders from her, despite the fact that she's like this little thing, you know? Yeah, she's a tiny little thing. She was fun, though. I like that she just rolled up her sleeves and cleaned up everything. What technical aspects, if any, stood out to you? I know we've already talked about a few of them. We talked about some of the costuming. Oh, yeah, I did say that. The brothers in their, in their costumes, especially in the cedar scene. And I know we talked about, well, not here, but you were saying, what is it called? Where it looked like it was a painting. Yeah, the use of matte paintings. Yeah. Actually, I think almost, I think almost every scene except for maybe the avalanche scene was shot on like a studio backlot. And you can tell that they've got the, they've got the stage setting, you know, and dressed and it, it goes back so far. And then beyond that, to make it look like there's hills and mountains, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a map painting. But you can tell, you can totally tell. You can tell more than you can tell some in some movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting art because it's an art that is largely not used anymore because CG has supplanted it. It's easier now. You, now you would shoot it on a green screen and then they would have a computer put the, the background in there. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that when you see movies as a kid, you instinctively understand that it doesn't look real, but you don't know why. Yeah. Wait, because in Sound of Music had that too, right? A lot of things from the studio era used, used that uh, technique. In different ways, but I, and there's a lot of, but there's a lot of movies that make it look pretty seamless. There's a lot, I mean, there's, there's a lot of them that you would just never know. Like Star Wars makes a lot of use of matte paintings and different mm-hmm. things. And Wait, but do you remember, does Sound of Music have that? I don't know Sound of Music well enough to be okay. able to comment on it. I've, it's been, I've only seen it once and it's been quite a few I just wanted to know years. if the hills really were alive. Did you have any technical aspects that stood out to you? Aside from the, the staging, I would say that, and this goes back to, the dance scene at the, you know, with the townsfolk. What I, again, what kind of what I want from a musical like this is to use the wide frame to show lots of things happening at the same time, Mm -hmm. because that allows you to kind of get in the space that you would be in if you were a patron at an actual theater Mm -hmm. where you're able to kind of take in the whole stage at once and you're able to see all the movement the, I think one of the things that I don't like about a lot of modern musicals like Chicago or uh, Moulin Rouge is that there's too much fast cutting, there's too much, you know, moving camera and doesn't allow you to really experience the choreography and the actors mm-hmm. doing everything. And so you, and I think that one of the things that's an issue nowadays with movies is everyone knows that anything is possible. Yeah. Because with com- with computers, you can do just you know so you can the, the camera can fly in impossible spaces and there can be you know it, you can even make people that are dead back come back on the screen to varying forms of oh yeah and so Holy nobody's God. really that surprised by movie magic anymore and I think one of the few like magical things you can do with a movie is just to show a person actually doing something right right a talent that you know you have to work hard at. Right. So when I think this succeeds most when it pulls out and lets the 
lets the choreography, lets the dancers do their thing and showcases that. And it, this was one of the first big movies like this actually to use the the, the cinemascope, the widescreen. So it tries to take real advantage of that and uh, use every part of that frame in those big sequences. It doesn't quite work in some of the smaller ones like we talked about, like uh, Wonderful, Wonderful Day. Yeah. It, it doesn't find a way to use that frame, but obviously those set pieces make use of it. Mm-hmm. So we can't talk about this movie and not discuss the sexual politics of it. And so I, I throw this to you as a woman watching this in 2022. What do you make of its portrayal of, of relationships, of gender roles, of the female characters? And kind of a sub-question, do you think the movie is in on the joke? Do you think it knows how ridiculous it is? Um, I'll start with that last question. I mean, I feel like it has to, right? I mean, because they can't honestly believe that that's, you know, that's right. That's what, that's what women want. Um, so, yeah, it has to, it has to be in on the joke. But, um, yeah, man, they, they really, they went hard on, like, these little women just doing everything for the men. And, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just like, they're just going to sit around until somebody scoops them up and makes them into a wife. Um, and like, yeah, cooking and cleaning only for the women. Yeah, all of that. The movie is set in Oregon in 1850. Okay. So it's supposed to be, that's the time it's supposed to be. It was made in the 1950s. However, I think we can say with a fair amount of confidence that despite the fact that societal expectations and social mores were quite different in 1950 than they are today, they were not that different, right? We're not going, <laughs> the, the gap is, is not that wide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we obviously, like I said, this is a farce. And if you, uh, even if, I think there's a couple of things in it that give away what it's doing. First of all, when Adam comes to town and he's looking for a wife and he goes in the store and the, the shopkeeper is appalled. She's like, mm -hmm. you can't just shop for a woman like she's a bag of meal or whatever she says. <laughs> uh, you know, she knows that's not how you do things, right. as, as does the audience, mm -hmm. as does the movie. That's what makes it, you know, that's what makes it a, an unusual premise. And then you have the, like the Sobbing Women song. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, I think that's, oh, I had, I'd have to look up the lyrics actually, and I probably should so that I can identify. I need you to sing I don't think I can do that. Women were sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. That's all I know. Well, here, here's, here's the line. I just looked it up. Uh, it says, uh, while the Romans were going out hobbing, nobbing, starting up fights, they kept occupied by sewing lots of little old togas. For them tots and saying, someday women folk will have rights. <laughs> right. But, the, but because you're, you're writing this backwards from the present, knowing, you know, trying to play up the, uh, the dissonance between what we know currently and what mm -hmm. perhaps was, you know, and, and this is based again. So based on a book and the book is based on the Roman legend of the, the Sabine women mm -hmm. who were, uh, you know, abducted. You know, by the Romans. Wait, of course, so was it Sabin or Sabin women? Well, that's that's the joke. Oh, <laughs> it, well, the joke is it's it's Sabine women uh, in the book that Millie has, but <laughs> and the, thought they were Sabin, right? Because they're illiterate. Oh yes, men. wow! I was today years old when I got it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
So in that sense, I guess it is kind of uh, an old tale that's just being repurposed for, uh, you know. For uh, kidnapping. For the 20th century in this case. (laughs) But nevertheless, I do think that a lot of people watch this now and just can't deal with it. Yeah, but like everyone has to know that it's a joke. So, and I think that I'm somebody who would enjoy this more because I laugh at all the jokes about like women being in the kitchen and stuff like that. <laughs> I enjoy those jokes just because I, I think it's, I mean, I don't take anything seriously. I'm not offended by anything because I know that, you know, we don't, you don't expect me to just cook and clean. You also cook and clean and all this stuff. So, anyway. Sure enough. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't help but think it's like on the surface, yes, uh, it, it's kind of, I don't know. I, it it feels weird to call this movie offensive, even in, in that way, because it's such like it's so like a, such a lighthearted good time. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it was I think it was largely received that way in its time, and you know you kind of have to look at it as that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie? I feel like I don't have a ton of detail to talk about with it. It's, it, you know, there's not like a deep theme out there somewhere. Let's just quickly talk about the ending. So we're going to do, we'll do spoilers real quick uh, for this. <laughs> because I do want to talk about that last act. I think there's um, one or two things in there. Oh, the the shotgun act? Right. So, okay. Right. So we're in spoiler territory. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, uh, it's you on. You watch it. It's what on, we watch, Sean? Was it on HBO Max? I think so, wasn't it? I think so. You can watch this on you can stream this on HBO Max, um, and I'm sure there's probably a DVD out there as well. If you're interested in this sort of thing, at the end of the movie, uh, the and I really when I say the end, I mean like the last like I don't know hour basically or forty minutes. <laughs> like cause the 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 brothers go and they and they grab the girls and they bring them back to the to the cabin, mm-hmm. and Adam goes off because. Millie's like, I can't believe you like did this. Mm-hmm. And so he gets mad and he leaves. Anyway, so they're, they're stuck there for the winter because they can't go through the past because the avalanche happened. And so Millie kind of becomes like the house mom to all of these girls as well as the, the boys. And at some point, well, okay, A, the, tr- true to the legend of the Sabine women or the Sabine mm-hmm. women, the girls kind of warm to the boys right, right. and obviously, yeah. you know, fall in love with them, mm-hmm. even though they're, they kidnapped them. And the, but crucially, Millie tells them the, uh, the information that she is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And when the past clears, when spring comes and the townspeople are able to rush up to the farm to check on their girls All and their, liberate them. The dads them. and the... The dads men, and the boyfriends yeah. or mm-hmm. husbands or whatever. I guess not husbands. Maybe not husbands. I think they're yeah. all single. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you get the idea. <laughs> the, they find... They hear a baby. They hear a baby. Mm-hmm. It's Millie's baby. Yeah. And this seems to play a part in bringing about the ending, which is the shotgun wedding of all of the girls to these brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how long winters are in Oregon, but <laughs> somehow I think, does nobody in this movie know how long it takes to make a baby? 
Well, they had all those daughters, so they surely should know how long it takes to make a baby. I mean, again, but I know it's, it's Oregon. It's like you're in the mountains, but surely this couldn't be any longer than like October to May, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe their spring was later. That'd be like seven months. I don't know. That maybe. I don't know. They couldn't think that it was one of the girls had already given birth. I don't know. That, that seems that seems far fetched even for this. Maybe it's not that much. I don't know, but still, it was kind Maybe of. Maybe I'm just looking for something to poke a hole in because I think because the whole thing is is silly. But again, that is supposed to be. It it is silly. But yeah, and then they all claim the baby. Oh, that is right, isn't that? It's like the stinger. It's like the Spartacus yeah, yeah. moment. They all say it's mine because they want to get married to the brothers. I thought I thought that was hilarious and clever, even though it was like like you said, how can they have a baby in that time? It's clever enough. I will say I think I liked it more this time than I did the first time. Oh, good, good to hear. I was gonna say I don't know how you. Could. I would like it more if they put get a wife back in it. <laughs> okay, we'll let them know. <laughs> So do you want to go to ratings? Yeah, let's get let's get a rating. So how how are we going to do this? What are we going to rate them with? Well, okay, you have here's some ideas. A, I have some ideas. I don't remember if this made it in the movie either. In the play, the version that we did at one point, I think it was maybe after, either after "Bless Your Beautiful Hide" or so- "Sobbing Women," where they they're like them sobbing heifers, and they call them. <laughs> I don't remember heifers. them remember saying that? sobbing. Maybe heifers that one in was the in the play. I, I feel like that harkens back to the biblical language where like samson said if you had not plowed with my heifer you would not have discovered my riddle <laughs> anyway we i was gonna do sobbing it. heifers we could rate it in sobbing heifers or i've got i put what a couple of ideas have? i got june brides okay we could do barn raisins okay women's women's studies majors women's <laughs> <laughs> mrs degrees um, no what do you think i like the sobbing heifers it's funny or yeah, like, I, I like that how too many, because it gives you an how idea. How many of... beautiful hides could we? <laughs> we could do. We could write it in beautiful hides, if you want. So you want to do hides? No, whatever you want, you choose. No, it's fine. Do you want to do beautiful hides? All right, out of out of five beautiful hides, hides, beautiful hides. How many would you give seven brides for seven brothers? Honestly, I think I would give it four beautiful hides. Yep, I would give it four. That's almost enough to trade for a woman. What? What do you say? So that's almost enough to trade for a woman. <laughs> how many pelts did you have to pay for, <laughs> for Billy? Oh my goodness. Okay, how many beautiful heads would you give it? I feel like you're going to talk me into raising my score just you a little bit. You don't have to raise that barn score. It's up to you. I know. I don't know if I can give it more than. I don't know if I can give it. Mm, I don't know if I can give it more than two and a half. Two and a half. Bless your beautiful hide. <laughs> you can you can say that. I want to give it. Th- I want to give it three just for the barn dance scene. That scene was amazing. Like you guys, even if you don't watch the whole movie, just watch that scene because it was so much fun. That's really a classic American so musical scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that was more fun than any scene I've seen in any <laughs> musical. I don't know. I can't think of another comparison. It's good. I I, mean, I think 
there's probably there's probably three or four sequences in Singing in the Rain that I prefer to that sequence. But again, that's really that's a high bar. So, yeah. you know, you're talking again, you're talking about like the best probably American musical of the whole era versus anything else. So it's yeah. if I'm comparing it to that, but I have to compare it to that just because of the director. You do? Okay. So you're going to give it two and a half or did you say three? I'm getting soft in my old age. I'll give, I'll give it three. All right. Sounds good. So three and four. Sounds like everyone needs to watch it. That is one way to interpret that score. <laughs> Sounds like it. But yeah, I mean, we'd be we'd love to hear your takes. Uh, you know, what do you think of the movie? Does it does it hold up? And you does know, it offend you? Or did it make you laugh? Yeah, I, I do have I do have fond memories of this show, and I do. In fact, one of the one of the things I laughed at the most was that there's a there's a a total throwaway line early in the picture where. It's the scene where Millie tells all the boys to give her their underwear because she's going to wash them or whatever. And I think that's the scene where one of the boys is like, where's, where's my, where's my shirt? Where's my pants? Again, total throwaway line. Uh, That same friend of mine that I was talking about earlier, uh, Andy Harvey. Andy, you're out there somewhere. You're probably not listening to this, but if you are, shout out to you. Uh, Good dude. Still acting, by the way. Oh, wow. Really? Um, Yeah. And uh, he played one of the brothers and he said that line and he made it his own. And it was like, where's my pants? Where's my shirt and pants? And I still say that to this day. <laughs> oh, you do. you do. So that's where that's from. That's where that's from. Okay, wow. So that's Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. We are going to pick up our previous segment called The Nightstand. Mm-hmm. This is the, uh, the part of the show where we just briefly catch up on anything that we've been watching or reading that we maybe didn't get to discuss in an episode. Amanda, what's on your nightstand? Okay. So I was thinking about it and I realized I haven't really been watching too many TV shows, which is probably a good thing um, just because life has been busy. And then, um, but there are a few that I'll say that I've been catching up on. But what I've been mainly doing is reading because my, where I work at the school nursing facility, we have a book club. And so the book that we have been reading is called The Husband's Secret. Um, so it's, it's about, should I, should I explain what it's about? No. You can explain it briefly as long as you don't give away anything for someone who might read it. Okay. So I don't know if I can do that. Anyway, this husband has a secret and the wife, um, finds this letter and it says, don't open until I've passed away. And so anyway, um, she opens it after, you know, some time and there is a big secret in it. There's, there's a lot of different elements to it. A lot of different couples. And I've explained it to you. You have. (laughs) Where you can. In in typical Amanda explains the plot fashion. But it, it like made sense, right? Oh yeah. Did you, did you like the twists? Were you like, whoa. What do you think when I Wait, which twist? It? I think there was like seven there of them. There was like seven of them. Anyway, it's a really good book. Um, you should check it out at your local library. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it's good. What's the name of it? Um, The Husband's Secret. Okay. Oh, look, it's over there. You know we're not on camera, right? Oh. Nobody can see, <laughs> know, can see the title. <laughs> it's here on the table. It's by Leanne Moriarty. Yep. The number one New York 
Times bestseller. Spellbinding, a knockout. Anyway, that's what I've been reading, and I just finished it in time for our book club meeting on Thursday. It was not this past Thursday, which one of my patients tried to tell me that it was, and I (laughs) was reading like a fiend. Anyway. How rude of them. How rude. So I finished that. Uh, And then lately, my shows I've been watching, um, well, we have a cat that's chickening on the floor. Anyway, um, (laughs) sorry, is Bridgerton which uh, is the new... Of course, the Netflix sensation. The new season of Bridgerton. If you haven't watched it, you better get on it. Everyone knows what Bridgerton is about. I don't really need to explain it. Do you know what it's about? Yeah, it's about orchestral versions of pop songs. There we go. That's what it is. Um, And then Outlander, my favorite show, basically. And then This Is Us, which I need to catch up on. I have not caught up on all the episodes. But Outlander this season is... I mean, every every season is wonderful. So if you haven't watched it, get out there and watch it. I won't go I into haven't detail. Watched it. <gasps> okay, if you're a woman, go watch it because you'll love it. <laughs> is that is that really true? Do you think it breaks along gender lines? Like, do you think it mostly mostly women are watching Outlander? I mean, I'm just curious. My parents are watching. <laughs> um, I think if you're a woman, you'd appreciate it more because there's romance and drama. I mean, but you don't really like... I mean, I admit I've never shows. heard an, a guy tell me to watch Outlander, but... I know. I can't think of anybody. I also don't think any... I've had a girl tell me that except you, so... Really? What about Caroline? <laughs> or Denise? <laughs> 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 no, but um, I don't know. Maybe, hey, if if you're out there and you're a dude and you watch Outlander, let us know. I would really love to know. You probably have not watched it, but I just want to know. Our email is podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com. That's podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com. Or DM us on our Instagram. Instagram. All right. So what's on your nightstand? Almost nothing. I, I haven't watched a movie other than this like in a long time. Well, until last night. But I think the the one thing we have been watching is AP Bio on Peacock. So we watched the first two seasons of AP Bio, and that's been pretty good. I think the appeal was obvious because it's kind of like community in the sense that it's about a a put out teacher at a, a school that you know thinks he's better than he you know than everybody there because you know and it's also kind of like it's always sunny in philadelphia because Mm -hmm. it stars glenn howerton who plays dennis on it's always sunny so those two things colliding i mean i'll check this out and okay it's not nearly as great as community or as it's always sunny in philadelphia but it's i think it's so good it's a good little show it's a nice half hour of television that's pretty funny in this, uh, and uh, you know, Howerton still is basically doing the Dennis shtick. <laughs> like he, you know, enters every class with, "All right, everyone, start shutting up, and begin closing your mouths," and just basically doesn't, you know, care it's at all so about good. what he's doing. I mean, it's good enough for us to. Pat Oswalt plays the principal oh, of yeah. the school, and then there's a kind of a rotating. Uh, not really rotating, but there's a, a rogues gallery of students that... Uh, They've dropped know, some students. We've they have dropped about some this. students. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's good enough that when we when we logged on to Peacock, it was like 
season three unavailable because we don't pay extra, right? Yeah, yeah. For so we're, we're, we're stuck now. To, we can't watch season three, but I uh, did, uh, did enjoy that while it was on. I'm always looking for, you know me, I'm always looking for a, a half hour comedy. Yeah, and that sure. scratched the itch. Yeah, like, like The Good Place, but... It's also not, yeah, I, to be, I, I, if I'm being totally fair, it's probably not as great as any of those shows. Well, it, yeah, but it, it's, it's like a different genre of... It's kind of more, show. I don't know, it, it's, it's steady. I'll put it, yeah, there's steady laughs in it. I think, and, and that's really the thing, right? Then if you're going to have a successful half hour comedy, you've got to laugh every time you turn it on. Mm-hmm. And that's that pretty much worked. We have, yeah, we've laughed every, every episode. Which is better than I can say for some shows that I've started to watch. So mm, that's sad. Yeah, sad. I distinctly remember the failure that was that Steve Carell space show. Oh gosh, that was horrible. Space Force. Space Force. Yeah, I think so. And then of course, <coughs> Shit's Creek. <laughs> Shit's Creek. <laughs> don't need to. Keep Everyone's gonna on hate that. us for that. No one's gonna <laughs> listen anymore. Listen, I don't care. <laughs> don't hate Shows us. dumb. All right. Well, that is our episode. So thanks for listening. And again, as always, uh, email and DMs are open. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like us to do next. And Amanda. And the women wear sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. I'm sorry. I could not. If only we knew the lyrics, that would have gone great. I know it would have been good. All right. Well, everybody have a, I guess I can't say good night because it depends on when you're listening to this, but. Have a happy Mother's Day. This will not be out by Mother's no, Day. No, it, it won't because it's literally today. But we still love you, mothers and mothers-to-be. We do love you all, mothers. Every form of mother. <laughs> Except for the dog and cat moms. I'm kidding. Everyone counts. No, we love them, too. We love them, They're too. just not moms. Oh, <gasps> He said it. Oh, the spicy takes are coming out at the end. <laughs> oh, no. If I held them it, all in. <laughs> if you've made it this far, congrats. <laughs> all right. Until next time. Bye, everybody. See ya.